Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 48, and we're locked, we're loaded. I'm Tommy, he's seven. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, we got a we got a big episode today, so. Some would say big, others would say huge. Um, I think our guest today would have called it, what do you think he'd say? Bloody large? Ah, I guess, yeah. I, I the, don't know the lingo, so next time we talk to him, we'll have to ask him if we're, if we're totally butchering that. The, <laughs> the baseball Brit, Joey Mellows, uh, the mustachioed Mellows, uh, the man. What an interview, and, and man, he was so much fun to sit down with. Nah, he was awesome. So, big thank you to uh, to Joey, the baseball Brit. You've seen him on Twitter, so he, he was awesome to talk to, and a lot of... Uh, surprising fact i didn't know about him just from talking to him for the last you know 30 minutes yeah and i man that was just great i i can't i, I man i i'm speechless because that was just so much fun it was it was also uh quick edit this is episode 49 we're getting is it for- lost in the quarantine sauce oh boy 49 uh Yikes. Uh, (laughs) 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 Episode number 49. I don't know anybody that wore number 49, but we're back like we never left. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. I see what we did. I put, wow. Oh my gosh. My, my, the numbering, I don't even think we're at 49 because here's, here's how just look behind the curtain. Dummy Tommy has numbered our episodes according to, to our website. 40, 41, 42, 43, 45, 45, no number, 47, 48. <laughs> See, this is the lasting impact a global pandemic can have on the human brain um, because we can't even count right anymore. Yeah, I mean, here I am thinking that the numbering was okay, thinking that counting would be the one thing unaffected. And yet, <laughs> here we are. So here we are. We think and it's forty nine. It might not be. Uh, it could be like the thirteenth floor in, in an elevator. It just doesn't exist. So um, no, it's forty. It's forty nine. Okay, so we are officially at forty nine. Yes, because forty four, forty five, forty six, forty seven. Last week was forty eight. This is forty nine. I'm a dummy. Let's meet the Mets. <laughs> okay, let's uh, yeah, let's meet the Mets because it's been a while since we've had to talk about them, which is probably good news if you're a Mets. Great fan. news if you're a Mets fan. Uh, but they're back. And they are. They are in a big way. <laughs> a recent um, story. Recent yeah. story here by Mike Puma. Um, basically, Mets employees will soon be taking a hit financially. Plans were unveiled on Monday 
that the team will take cuts that take effect in June 1st. However, unlike most teams, the, after this cut is in place, if there is no season, they will still re- receive a reduced pay for the remainder of the year. So either way, the Mets employees are not looking great. Yeah, not a great look for Mets employees. Not a great look for the Mets. Not a great look for uh, the, the old Wilpons. As we've discovered, there hasn't been many good looks for the Wilpons. No. But, you know, that's football, as they say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do I do want to talk about this, though, because we talked at length. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before about the teams that are paying their teams, their their the teams that are paying their employees through May thirty first, mm-hmm. and I went off about the Indians. Well, the Indians have since pledged to be the only organization in the four major sports to have pledged their salaries to their employees through June thirtieth. So, formal apology going on record, um, and that's the end of that. Uh, it's nice for a little feel good story every now and then. It was, and it's pretty big of me to apologize. Um, <laughs> the play- players are unaffected by this, which I didn't think that would. I, 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 it's definitely worth noting. But if there was a team that wouldn't pay their players, it'd be the Mets. Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, you know, just based on, and that's the thing, right? With all these pay cuts, and there's no silver bullet for it, but you would think that they would just funnel some of the money from the executives into their part-time workers or workers that they've had to furlough. And that's not the case. It's it just, there doesn't seem to be a clear answer what's happening. Um, the players are unaffected by the latest pay cut or agreement, but I just think it's interesting that the Mets seem to find themselves in the headlines every time something with money comes, comes into the forefront of their lack thereof in terms of payments. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. This it's kind of frustrating to 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 think, you know. And the thing is, the Mets probably think they're doing a great thing here. Oh, we're we're still paying them. We're still paying them. Yeah, just a reduced salary. So at that point, it's not like. And like, think yeah. about that for a second. Let's say, okay, let's say that June first, hypothetically, we're able to go back and baseball is normal in Queens. Well, those people are still going to get a reduced salary. Exactly. So that's that, why that, that makes no sense to me. That's why it's, it's a stupid plan. Uh, or it's, it's stupid to say right now what your plan is regardless. It's, if they wanted to do it this way, you have a month to figure it out, hypothetically. Yeah. So you, you don't need to announce this in April still. Uh, but Classic Mets, you know, just kind of butchering it. Typical. All right, moving on from the Mets, as you know, we like to do. Um, we have a CPBL update. The Monkees finally lost. Had to happen. Did it? Well, I don't. Not this soon. I was I was hoping for another solid month of undefeated baseball, but I was too. I was hoping that they'd like drop one game in the Taiwan series, and and that would be their only loss of the year. <laughs> just one, just one small insignificant loss in the biggest series. Yep, would have been great. Would have yeah. been great. Uh, but they lose to the Unilions and then drop one to the Guardians after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, eight zero and two still sits on, at at the top of the table, 
as the Unilions are 5-0-6, the Guardians are 4-0-6, the Brothers are 4-0-7. I mean, we're still on the wagon, and this team still is a wagon. No, absolutely. I don't think this changes my outlook on the Monkeys at all. The only thing it does is just reinforce what we talked about last time. This team needs pitching, and they don't have it. Um, that's going to be what, what will kill them in the end. Uh, can Rob... I- Rob I, hit the nail on the head. He said the only thing that can beat the monkeys is the monkeys bullpen. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's they can't get outs when they need them the most, and that's why you see these crazy inflated scores. But at the same time, you said it. They're still a wagon. They're, they still are the best team. So I have no problem continuing to root for them. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, a hundred percent. All right, we're gonna kick it to our interview with the baseball Brit, Joey Mellows. Um, But before we do that, we want to let you know that it's brought to you by the kind folks over at TeePublic. And if you want to gear up with some of your favorite uh, movie sayings, movie references, uh, just fun sports references, maybe a Gap to Gap shirt coming soon, maybe. Um, Also, some breakdown gear. you got to do it with TeePublic. And more specifically, the breakdown store. It's bit.ly slash the breakdown store. That's bit.ly slash t-h-e-b-r-k-d-w-n-s-t-o-r-e all your favorite t-shirts long sleeves hoodies tank tops dog tee whatever you need they got it comfortable soft fabrics awesome product easy experience fun little store that we got set up there you got to check it out and now here is the baseball brit all right, we now welcome on our special guest. You know him from Twitter. You've seen him on ESPN. You know him from all over the place. It is the baseball Brit, Joey Mellows. Joey, how are you, my friend? Tommy, I'm smashing, mate. You know, as good as we can be in these times. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. Really appreciate it. Um, man, first of all, how does it feel to kind of go from, you know, not really growing up as a baseball fan by your own admission um, and, and now you kind of have this brand of of you are the baseball Brit. How does that how does that feel? Is it like set in? It feels really weird, mate. Um, I set up the handle when I was living in Korea. I just did it in a in a Korean ballpark one night. I set up baseball Brit just because it was you know Brit baseball was taken, and uh, baseball Brit I thought was you know it would alert people to the fact I was I wasn't American, so people wouldn't you know would hopefully go a bit easier on me if I asked like really basic questions. So. Um, it helped me connect with a lot of British baseball fans whilst I was living in Asia. And, uh, you know, to be called the baseball Brit is always something I, you know, I'm just Joey, you know, I prefer Joey, but it kind of grew uh, as baseball Brit. And I, I guess I'm sticking with it on Twitter, at least for now. That's awesome. Um, wow. So, I mean, you've played spin the spin the wheel for uh, for for teams. I, who, who did you land on? Oh, this was college football. I did. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It was college football, and you and it was uh, Tulane for college football, right? Yeah, I'm Tulane now for life, and uh, you know, went down <laughs> to New Orleans uh, for their homecoming, and uh, got to meet a few of the players that have actually just been uh, signed by by NFL teams. Um, so yeah, that that was really exciting to watch the draft this week, uh, about two, three in the morning here, and uh, you know, see some see some players that I'd watched in the flesh, and you know, one guy that had actually. I'd met Christian, who uh, he's been signed by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think it's Christian Montoya. Awesome. Um, so if we were going to play spin the wheel, where would you prefer it lands? I guess if if, do you, if are you partial to any MLB team? Uh yeah, I I I have a team. I'm a I'm a Royals fan in the okay. in 
in Major League Baseball, but I grew up, I say grew up, this is my sixth year as a baseball fan, but I you know, kind of had my formative baseball education mostly in Korea, and I'm, I consider myself an LG Twins fan first and foremost, okay. and then uh, a Royals fan in MLB. Gotcha. What, uh, what, what brought you to the Royals fandom? Oh, good. Um, I, I, I dated a girl there long distance for a while and used to fly from Seoul to uh, Kansas City uh, via Atlanta. And uh, yeah, just love the city, love the barbecue, the people, the pace of life there it was very different to, uh, you know, to what I was used to in Seoul and, you know, living in London. Um, didn't see a game whilst I was dating her. But uh, after after that relationship ended, I thought, you know, Kansas City is my team now. Okay. So you said the LG Twins are your team. Last week on the on the show, we picked uh, who did we say seven? It was the 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 Dinos. Uh, the dinos yeah. Are we gonna have some sort of rivalry here, Joey? No, the uh, the, the the Dinos are down on the south coast. Uh, Eric Eric Thames used to play for them. Uh, for he he dominated the KBO when I was living there, and uh, actually had forty stolen bases and forty eight home runs in twenty fifteen, oh, which was my first my first proper season watching it. So. Um, I've got a lot of uh, time for the NC Dinos. I'm just really glad you didn't say the Doosan Bears because they, they share the same ballpark as the LG Twins in Seoul. And uh, yeah, they're the only team really that I don't have much time for. Albeit, you know, the fact Josh Lindblom used to pitch for them and he won the Korean Cy Young the last two years and he's been signed by the Brewers. And he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to watching, uh, seeing how he gets on in MLB if there's a season this year. Definitely. Now, obviously, it's it's kind of trying times with, you know, you mentioned it, if there's a season this year. We've been making do with the CPBL. Obviously, you mentioned the KBO. Um, who's your CPBL team? Um, I I like watching all the games, but I, I think I'm more drawn to the Fubon uh, Guardians. They have a pitcher, Henry Sosa, that used to play for my LG Twins. I used to watch Henry Sosa pitch okay. in, uh, in Korea for four years. And uh, he used to get the subway home after games with all the fans, and he just seems like a regular, nice That's dude. Awesome. So uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a Henry Sosa stan, and he plays for uh, he plays for Fubon, so I guess I'm a Fubon fan. Okay, there you go. We hopped on the monkeys. It's it's worked out for us so far, but big time, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so, so Joey, you and I kind of spoke before recording uh, about potentially doing a stream of one of the games. So when the Guardians and the Monkeys play, you will be outnumbered. By Monkeys fans. That's all right. I'm used to being outnumbered as a Royals fan, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I was going to say, Joey, you said you're a Royals fan. I'm an Indians fan. I'm from Cleveland. We got some, some AL Central beef here. Yeah, like, uh, I guess we have some beef. Um, we're not much of a threat here, so I wouldn't, you know, hopefully just have a beer and enjoy the game together. But uh, yeah, I guess we're rivals, so. Uh, all right. So, so, you know, again, not a baseball fan growing up. What drew you to baseball? Uh, honestly, it was the uh, it was the only thing that was on. I was uh, I moved from England to Seoul in 2014, and uh, my father was a professional football player. Grew up with soccer or football, as we call it here, as you know. And uh, I got to Korea, and the the time difference is nine hours ahead of of the UK. So Premier League games starting at three o'clock on a Saturday, we're on at midnight Sunday morning in Korea. And I I stayed up for the first year watching games till two two thirty in the morning, whatever. And uh, then got so grumpy, you know, from being tired all the time that I just thought I can't carry on doing this. So um, I had to replace football and uh, I was fortunate enough to stumble across a baseball game whilst on holiday in Japan during their opening week in 2015 with my parents and uh, my uncle's half Japanese. So we've got a connection with our family to Japan and uh, saw a game in Osaka, the Oryx Buffaloes. Loved it. Didn't understand any of it. Went back on my own the next night. And um, yeah, then started an education when I was back in Korea, traveling around and watching baseball and 
um, MLB games were on in the morning because uh, it was something like 15 hour time difference from New York to Seoul or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'd wake up and watch uh, watch games in the morning with the English broadcast and learn the learn the rules of baseball through MLB and then, you know, spend my evenings watching baseball in Korea or Japan. So kind of jumping off your dad being a professional footballer is it is that the correct term to say or do we say soccer player what are you comfortable with football uh yeah he was he was a professional football player it was so long ago it was before i was born so you know to me it seems like you know a different lifetime ago i i never saw him play but he's okay. got a wikipedia page and i you know he was a footballer i know that much so uh awesome. um yeah so how has he embraced or has he embraced your love of baseball um and what's the overall, I guess, level of embracing from your friends about baseball? Because I saw you were quoted last year in an article saying that baseball's number one, but I can't tell that to my friends. They'd kill me. So have they eased up <laughs> on their reaction or is it still something like a dirty little secret that's pretty public at this point? I think they get it now. Um, this is the first time I've lived back in England since I got into baseball. So this is the first time I've spent any more than about six weeks here in, in one period since 2014. Mm-hmm. So uh, my school friends, I always see you know Christmas Eve, um, New Year's Eve, and then when I'm back in the summer, usually I catch up with them. So I think they've kind of realized as, as the years have gone on that baseball is now something that I, I really get a lot of pleasure from. But uh, when I'm with them, yeah, like they never ask me about baseball. Like they don't care about that. They just want to kick a football with me and have a beer. And, uh, you know, that's when I'm with them, it's always football. But hopefully a few of them have started following me on Twitter. Like most of them don't use Twitter because they're, you know, they're not into that stuff. But uh, a few of them have started following me. So hopefully I'll chip away at them and get them into baseball at some point. So you've, you've mentioned you've mentioned having a beer a couple times. How does the, the English UK beer compare to the American beers? Because I see I'm seeing right here an article or a, a, a picture with you posing with a, a bush at, a, at Bush Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> What's your go to American beer? Uh, I, I'm going to get I'm going to get hammered for this. But um, <laughs> here we go. I'm a really simple guy. So I know like the US has got this incredible craft beer scene, which not many people in Europe really appreciate about the States. They think it's just Budweiser and Coors. But uh, when I was there, I, not, I drank Miller Lite. I'm not going to lie. It's like 4%. It, you know, it doesn't get me drunk. Um, it's uh, usually the cheaper of the, the options if you're at a ballpark. And uh, yeah, I smashed a lot of Miller Lights and hams when I was in the Midwest. I used to really enjoy hams. And uh, a Lone Star when I was in Texas. Oh, you know. Lone Stars are great. Yeah, I, I saw that True Detective season one and like the guys <laughs> pounding Lone Stars. Matthew McConaughey's pounding Lone Stars in that. So I was like, yeah, let's get on that. Camel Blues alongside with it? No, I'm not a smoker, but uh, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy a cheap, you know, a cheap, pretty tasteless beer. Okay, so you fit right in with us because I I don't want to speak for Tommy, but I know myself is not like a craft beer guy. I'll take a you Bud can speak Light for any, me. You can yeah. speak for me on that. I'll take a I'm, Bud Light any day. So. Bud Light. I've been known to enjoy the Colorado Kool Aid a little bit with a couple <laughs> of Coors Lights, and yeah, I'm I'm all, I'm all in with you there. Yeah, I get a lot of stick for that because there's so many different craft beers and stuff. But uh, when you're on the road for as long as I am, you've got to kind of stick to one thing so it doesn't upset your stomach too much. And yeah, Definitely. Miller Light. Miller Lite doesn't do anything to my stomach or to my head or, you know, to my brain. So it just goes down a treat. I wanted to ask you, too, about the travel. I'm glad you brought that up. So last year, you had one of the craziest travel schedules I've ever seen. I can't, I still can't comprehend how you did it, especially going back for the London series and then coming right back for more games. How, like, what was your body, your body must have been killing you. Um, how did you deal with that every day? Um, to begin with, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle 
just 20,000 miles on your own. Uh, you guys drive on the different side of the road to what I grew up with. So just simple things like making sure when I pull away from the motel or the house I stayed in that, you know, I'm not driving straight into incoming traffic. That was something oh, yeah. I always had to had to think about every day. The diet was dreadful. Lots of fast food on the road, like convenient places to stop um, for gas and then a McDonald's and it was cheap and that kind of thing. Hot dogs. Miller Lite, as I said, I'm not sponsored by Miller Lite. I want to make that perfectly clear oh, before. Yeah, it's about, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, was, it, it took a bit of getting used to, but yeah, it was fun. Every day was so fun, and I was so happy. And it's it's something that I'd always wished, you know, dreamt about doing a big road trip. We, you know, we grew up with Hollywood movies here, and uh, my country's so small that you can't do a road trip for more than about five hours before you're in a different country anyway. So. Mm-hmm. It was cool just to be able to, you know, hit the open road and put eight, you know, eight hours, nine hours down and uh, get to a new ballpark and have a beer and relax in the sun. Do you have a ballpark that stands out as like, man, that's that's my favorite? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's jam so in Korea, like in Seoul, where I, you know, first got into it. I used to sit in section 118 in the outfield. I had my own, you know, the seat I always used to try and get. But, you know, talking, you know, for you know mostly for the listeners with American ballparks, I don't have a particular... Uh, the Coliseum in Oakland I really like. I, li- I like how grungy it is. I like how much people hate it. I like uh, all its imperfections and, you know, the noisy h- Hispanic fans in right field. And I personally like the drums because it reminds me of the noise in Japan and Korea. And I know the drums really annoy a lot of people in the States. But for me, <laughs> uh, it all adds to the, you know, to the atmosphere and to the experience. So I'd say Oakland is probably my favorite, you know, ballpark experience in the States at MLB level. Interesting. So I, so I kind of want to piggyback off that question. You know, you mentioned the the experience in Oakland being similar to Japan. Um, is there any country's style of baseball experience that you prefer? Like, do you get, yeah. No. Like, if I if phrase if you confusing or if you put me on the spot, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like it's like you two boys. Like whatever you grew up with, you know, that tends to be the stuff that you feel most comfortable um, mm, yeah. with. So for me, that was Korean ballparks and you know the noise there, uh, and the songs and the cheermasters and the cheerleaders and the fight songs, uh, the walk-up stuff, the the bat flips, the um, the bunts, the stolen bases. The small ball, I guess you could say, the mistakes. Yeah. The KBO for me is my favorite. It's my favorite league. Um, I don't talk about that much because obviously Americans don't want to hear that I prefer another league. But uh, <laughs> you know, MLB certainly is a, 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 a you know it is the highest standard. It's the gold standard. So in terms of just purely watching the best at their craft, then there's no competition to MLB. But see, so you say you know you know what you grow up with is probably your favorite. I find myself really, really enjoying watching CPBL and being like, man, I can't wait till they get fans in here. And obviously, you know, the talent level isn't, you know, the, the MLB, but I can totally get see myself just losing myself in the CPBL and being or KBO or, or any of those, you know, Asian leagues and, and just falling in love with them. Brendan, I think, mate, if you can, like if you're able to get over there, to experience a, a, a ball game, particularly on a on a Saturday in in Korea and Japan, I can't speak for the CPBL having not visited Taiwan personally, but uh, yeah, it'll be something you won't forget, it, and it'll be something you haven't really seen before, or heard before, or smelt before. Um, even just the fact that you know in, in Japan and Korea, everyone tidies up their litter after the game. 
So uh, you have people like coming around with like bin liners or you know, I, I don't know what you call them, trash bags or whatever, and yeah. people put all their food in there. And there's there's a recycle bin on the way out. So you put your beer, you know, plastic bottles in the recycle bin. If you don't do it, it's kind of, you know, you really, it's a social faux pas. Um, whereas in the States, I remember last summer when I, someone gave me some peanuts and said, you know, we just throw them on the floor. That blew my mind. Looks I was like sweeping them all mess. up with my hand and like putting them in my, my <laughs> cup at the end. And they were like, what are you doing, you idiot? I was like, well, there's a mess everywhere. So yeah, I I think you boys have got to get over to Asia if you can, and certainly I haven't been to Central or South America, but I imagine the atmosphere there is uh, is similar. Yeah, and and I want to talk about like your initial feedback so far, and and we're all new to the CPBL, like let's make no mistake about that. Um, obviously, we joke and jest about Guardians versus Monkeys rivalries, <laughs> but what's your initial feedback been? Tommy kind of touched on it with the the level of play. And I want to get your take. Is this similar to what you saw in the KBO in terms of their rituals during the game? Uh, they have the dancers, the cheerleaders. Uh, there seems to be a lot of theatrics that go into it during the broadcast, even with no fans there. Is that something that you're used to already? Yeah, certainly with the cheer, the cheer master, like the bloke, the random bloke in the middle, and then the cheerleaders. That's something that's that's very normal in the KBO. You have for a home game, you'd have four. Uh, but the away teams all travel, and the away fans travel uh, with the cheer with their cheer squad. So you tend to have two cheerleaders for the for the away uh, section that sit along the third base side, and it tends to be mostly that the home fans, the cheer squads on the first base side. So yeah, that seems quite similar. But uh, without the fans in the CPBL, it's it's quite hard to gauge precisely how similar it is. Uh, but certainly the KBOs are, I'd say, a a big step up in terms of um, uh, play. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Um, I know, you know, we talked about this before recording, but you kind of mentioned your plans were just fucked beyond belief because of the virus. Mm -hmm. uh, were you planning another leg of MLB tours throughout the country? And were you go going to expand on that through the minor league system as well? Yeah, there, I had a few plans in, you know, seeing as none of them have happened, I think I can speak about them now. But uh, when I got back, there was... There was some media interest in in me as an individual and you know what, what i'd done and what i planned to do in the future so um myself and pitching ninja were going to launch a, a podcast together at the start of the season two weeks before we just um we had to postpone that that's something i really hope rob and myself will still do if the season starts again this year uh, we had sponsors lined up for that and of course you know with everything that's gone on um you know the economy's not in a good place now so the sponsors of course went away and uh, I, I was due to be in the States again mid-June after the London series, the Cubs-Cardinals series in London, which is now being cancelled. Yep. Um, I was due in uh, Lancaster in California to see the Jethawks, a minor league team that's on the cutting list, uh, 42 teams that were announced in the off-season. And I was going to drive in a camper van uh, from California all the way across the country to all 42 minor league teams that were on this list, interviewing um, you know the general managers and the players and the fans and people in the local community small business owners about the impact the potential loss of baseball was going to have on the community and the economy and on you know children growing up without easy access to professional baseball right so uh again you know you your uh your travels your the the, the snags that you've hit have been well documented um i'm looking at right now you you got a you found a nolan ryan rookie card uh yeah i found it it wasn't mine it was um a chap called mike who i was staying with 
Okay. Uh, a really, really lovely bloke called Mike, who he was the vice, or he is the vice president of the Atlanta Falcons NFL team. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I got really lucky. I mean, there was. I, I misread not, that. So are, you, so are you into card collecting then, or is it was yeah. it just like the one in a million draw? I'm trying to learn about it. Like uh, in career, I that's how I tried to learn all the players and the teams. Was I began collecting KBO cards in 2015 and 2016? I've got a complete set from 2015. Um, I began collecting NPB cards from 2015 as well, uh, when Shohei Itani was still with the, the Nippon Ham Fighters in uh, in Sapporo, um, up in uh, the island of Hokkaido. Uh, but I'm new to MLB cards, so I, I, I tried collecting, but the community online seems quite protective. So I posted a video and got so much abuse that I just I wasn't really sure it was for me. So um, <laughs> I might go back to my KBO cards and my MPB cards again. It's a bit friendlier over there. <laughs> And you know it's it's interesting that you phrase it like that because I feel like American communities as a whole are like rather protective of everything and it's like it's like newcomers like almost have to like prove their 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 worth before you're welcome into the club. Have you found it to be like that with American fans or uh, have fans of baseball been pretty welcoming to you? Just uh, no, nah, I mean this was a um, at the moment I'm writing a book about about America and about everything that happened last year, mostly off the road. Um, the narrative of the book follows the journey from, you know, from ballpark to ballpark. But uh, the themes in the book are really about, you know, who are Americans? What is America in 2019? Um, and, you know, the people I stayed with, uh, the sofas, the basements, the spare rooms, um, the driveways that I you know, pulled the car up on and sometimes slept in. Uh, almost, I'd say, 99.9% of the people I met last year across the country were just wonderfully kind and generous and warm and optimistic and, uh, you know, really, you know, helped elevate my own spirits, I guess, after 10 years of doing the same thing. So, uh, yeah, this card community thing is just, I think it's just a few bad apples that, you know, were first to respond. And, I, you know, normally I don't always read the comments because there can be some abuse in there, particularly on the DMs. But, uh, yeah, I just... Yeah, it, it just put me off a bit because it's, it's something I wasn't used to in terms of, you know, yeah. the vast majority. And I'm talking like 99.9% of the Americans I met last year were just so kind. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Um, selfishly, I got to ask, do you remember how the Cleveland fans were to you? Yeah, I was only in Cleveland for one day. And uh, coincidentally, a guy messaged me called Greg, who was English. He also had a mustache. And he, <laughs> I met him after the game. Uh, I drove up from Cincinnati that morning. It was a lunchtime game, and uh, he met me after the game on his bicycle, and we went to some Moe's Tavern. Or I think it was yeah. like a Simpsons thing. Yeah, and, I, uh, I know Moe's. Yeah, we had some Duff beer or whatever it was, and uh, then I went and stayed in his house with his wife uh, about four miles outside, and we had like Mexican tacos that night. So I had a very positive experience at Cleveland. You've got a great museum in the outfield there, kind of statues and stuff. And Yeah, I, I love Heritage Park. It's fantastic. Heritage Park, that's it. And it's, it's, it's proper underrated. There's a couple of ballparks, because I went to all 30 last year, um, that I think are criminally underrated. Cleveland's one of them. The other one, you know, people don't back me up on this, so I'm probably wrong, but uh, I, I really like White Sox. I'd heard so many bad things about Guaranteed Rate oh, okay. Field, but yeah. I personally loved it. I went there three nights in a row. Um, really, really like the south side of Chicago. If I, if I lived in Chicago, I'd definitely be a south sider just because the Cubs is so expensive. I don't know how anyone can afford to go to more than one game a year there. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's, that's kind of that's the issue being a Yankees fan too. It's, I mean, you get a couple games a year, and that's <laughs> your budget's out. So, 
That's so interesting. Well, well, Joey, next time you're in Cleveland, well, uh, I'll have to have to show you some spots and 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 we'll tear it down, man. Mate, I really liked it. Yeah, I'd like that. It's a you know nice walkable downtown area as well. So uh, yeah, be well up for that. Definitely. Um, so we've seen the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The plans, I guess, is the right word to potentially dismantle minor league baseball with how you've traveled. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, just the state of baseball right now, how do you envision the minor leagues coexisting with MLB moving forward? Uh, honestly, I think it doesn't look good at all. Um, it didn't look good before all this stuff happened. Um, and now that, you know, obviously so many people are unemployed and the economy is, you know, collapsing, um, they're going to be cuts and we've seen that with the draft this year that, uh, you know, the amount of rounds could only be five rounds, um, potentially again in 2021. The MLB draft's going to be really short in terms of the number of rounds, and that's just going to limit the amount of players coming in that can fill these 160 minor league teams as as there were. Um, but I'm a big fan of independent baseball. If there's potential, as MLB is saying at the minute, for these for these cut teams to join in an independent league of sorts, if that's well organized, then at least that gives them a way out in terms of still being able to operate a ballpark and have professional baseball within those communities. So I was going to keep an open mind when I when I plan to hit the road this June for, for two and a half months to go to all these minor league teams um, because I understand you know the economics of the situation are uh, are such that you know the the system is incredibly deep when you compare it to the NBA, the NFL. Like there's there's seven leagues underneath the majors or something. It's yeah, uh, something like that. it blew my mind when I first heard about it. So I I did wonder about you know who's paying for this and you know what are the costs and is this efficient? Is this the best way to develop players and that kind of thing? But uh, just as a pure baseball fan, obviously it's dreadful news and. Uh, you know, the people in these towns and communities are going to miss out a lot if baseball does leave these communities. And sadly, I think it will in some of them. Definitely. So, uh, Joey, we got some breaking news. Um, and for our listeners out there, Bob Nightingale just released this at the time of recording. A new proposed start and start time for MLB, as well as what the breakdown of the leagues would look like. So we have a three-city or a three-state plan with Arizona, Texas, and Florida being the three states that the teams would play in, and then three 10-team leagues. So thoughts right away, Joey, which league has the upper hand? Which league has the upper hand? Oh, boy. Uh, you really put me on the spot here. I mean, I, I guess it's... <laughs> I guess... It has to be the West because in the West you've got the Dodgers who are the best team in the National League in my opinion and you've got the Astros who were the best team in the American League at least in terms of getting to the World Series last year. So you have you have two there. I know the Yankees are, are the best overall team I'd say in, in baseball heading into 2020 um, and they're in the same division as the, the World Series champions, the Nationals. But uh, I think that West uh, that West division could be I'm just I'm just reading it now because it's 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 just arrived or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't think the central. <laughs> I'll be watching the central because you know the Royals are in there. But uh, other than maybe the the Twins and the Braves, there's not too much. I don't know. The Reds are going to be fun to watch this year, but I don't think they'll. Yeah, they are. Um, I'm excited to see the Angels as well. You know, with that, you know, Rendon and Otani and Trout. You know, that's going to be an incredible. Uh, you know, three to face. 
Um, and Otani, like I really hope he's able to pitch as well if possible. I'm not sure if this helps him or not. All these all these delays coming back from Tommy John, but uh, it's an interesting idea. And you know, certainly as an outsider, I've always wondered, you know, why they aren't more closely grouped by geography anyway. Uh, it seems like you know they're really going for it with the with the three geographical divisions here, um, and with the DH coming in by the sounds of it in 2021, whatever happens. Um, I guess you don't necessarily need to have that separation between the NL and the AL if that's if that if that rule is going to change anyway. Right. Although that's obviously rough for National League fans to hear, and I don't want to get into a DH discussion because I know how passionate people are, and I quite like the differences. Like as an outsider, I really like the fact that there are these two different you know leagues with different rules and stuff. I find it quite quite cool. I do as well, actually. I I really enjoy because like, again, being an American League fan, I'm you know been I've watched you know, the DH my whole life, it's nice to flip on a National League game every now and then and watch the pitcher hit, the different strategy. Like we talked about with the the, the different Asian leagues, the, the the bunting, the small ball. I love it. Yeah, I mean, most of the time they're dreadful, aren't they? But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's still worth it just for that. You know, every now and then, I really liked it when, you know, Zach Greinke's my favorite player. And when he was, you know, pitching for the D-backs, he got to hit more often in the in the National League West and always enjoy watching Zach. I think he hit three three home runs uh, you know, for the D-backs one season, and that's always that's always exciting for me. Yes. If you ever do, you ever see a situation, especially if if hypothetically this this realignment were to stick long term, if the, you know if they went to the um, you know universal DH and they just decided we don't really need ALNL anymore, let's just keep it these three. Um, where do you see or do you see MLB ever expanding internationally? Uh, I mean, in the short-term future, no, I don't. I, from what I understand, is they had a ten-year plan to uh, grow the game, or at least market the brands, the franchises within Europe. They had a two-year contract in London with the Yankees, Red Sox, twenty nineteen, the Cubs, Cardinals, twenty twenty, um, and from what I've heard, they they intended to move around other European cities before returning to London in a few years' time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's great. You know, uh, there's so many games in baseball that hopefully the fans won't be too upset if they miss maybe two home games out of 81 a season. Um, and uh, it, it's creating a new market of fans and those fans are going to travel over to the USA and see those teams and spend money in, in hotels and small businesses and stuff within those cities, hopefully. So I think the overall impact is going to be very positive. No, I think that's a fair point. In, in ter- again, if we take this as a hypothetical that there is no coronavirus right now. Where do you think it makes sense for the MLB to go next after London? Oh, boy. I mean, you've got the Netherlands, Italy, uh, Spain. They've all got uh, decent decent leagues within, within Europe, from what I've told. I mean, I haven't lived in Europe, as I said. I've just moved back recently since I got into baseball. But, uh, um, yeah, there's certainly lots of options there. And, uh, you know, Europe's... It's compact, so people will be flying in from all over, all, all over Europe, wherever it is anyway, just like they did for London. So right. it should be a, a good couple of days and, uh, you know, grows the sport and hopefully creates new fans. You mentioned the Netherlands, to, and that's one that I didn't realize that they had such a strong baseball presence until um, the, the World Baseball Classic in 2017. Um, so let's, let's transition to that. Let's talk World Baseball Classic coming up in 2021. Obviously, you have your 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 powers of you know your your U.S. Dominican. Um, who is a, who would be a dark horse in your mind to look at in the World Baseball Classic? 
Oh boy. Um, hey, I'm, put, I'm putting you on a spot with a tough one. Yeah, we've been doing that a lot too, Joey. So we apologize for just. No, no worries. Um, I mean, for the book I'm writing at the minute, uh, I I know at the start of last year there was only one European nation in the top twelve ranked teams globally, mm. and and that were well that was the Netherlands. But most of their players aren't actually from the continent of Europe. They're from Curacao, which is an island off, I think it's off South America or Central America. I think it's South America. Um, so that's kind of an anomaly in itself, like the fact that they're not really, you know, they're they're not born in Europe or they haven't lived in Europe. They're from Curacao, most of them. Um, so as an outsider, I mean, I guess I can't include Korea in here because they're ranked, they're ranked third. Um, Australia, I know quite a few of the Australian players from following the Australian Baseball League whilst I was living in Korea and seeing the, the Australian national team play in Japan against uh, Team Samurai a couple of times. But realistically, I can't say they're going to win it. I guess I'd have to go for like, I don't know, maybe like the Dominican Republic, who, who I think are ranked like 10th or something at the minute. Yeah, I could see that. All right, and then we're uh, we're coming up on our time for this interview Uh First off, we would love to have you back at a later date. If, if and when MLB returns, I think this would be a great t- thing to resume. But we're going to ask you our Seeky question. So one more time, I'm going to throw you on the spot. Uh, if MLB does return this year with so much time off, do you think there will be more anomalies in terms of Dark Horse teams making it to the playoffs? Or will it be business as usual? I think there will be some anomalies. I don't think it will be entirely business as usual just because there's there's a shorter sample size and therefore there could be, you know, more variation in the data. And then, I like that. Would that mean that your Royals make a run at it? <laughs> we have no pitching, so no, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Danny Duffy, don't get me wrong, and Brad Keller, no offense to you if you're listening, mate, or Jake Genius, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not a good, it's not a, it's not a World Series winning rotation. Okay. All right, so I'll double down on the SeatGeek question. Put in promo code BREAKDOWN, get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. So if, if the Royals aren't your dark horse pick, in a shortened season, who would be your World Series pick? I, I mean, I guess... These, I'd are, ha- these are legally binding, by the way. These are your official picks. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think I'll go for the athletics then. Okay. Oh, I love wow. that pick, Joey. Yeah. I love that pick. Yeah, they've got some good young pitching. Uh, Jesus Lazade coming back and AJ Puck and, uh, um, you know, Manaya, hopefully if he's fit again. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think they've, you know, they got to the wild card last year. So I'm not sure that counts as an outsider pick, but that would be mine. Who would yours be, lads? For a oh, I... pick? Yeah, I've had to do it. You've got to do it. All right. <laughs> uh, I like the Reds a lot. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice choice. That's a dark horse. Um, I'm going to go Tampa. I don't know. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Joey, where they made the wild card last year. So is that really a dark horse pick? But I like their pitching staff and they kind of have that youthful core that's now seen another year. I mm. think this could be a year where they explode, especially in a shortened season. Yeah, that's a great, a great shout. All right, Joey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, when can we expect that book, man? I, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, um, I've I've written about ninety six thousand words so far, and I'm just you know working on the themes and motifs at the moment. So I think it will be out spring twenty twenty two. These things take ages, which I didn't yeah, realize. Definitely. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping to have finished writing it by the end of this calendar year. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll have to have you on again when it comes out, so you can get uh, a little a little promo tour for the book. 
Um, man, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Brendan, Tommy, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it too. Anytime. Uh, be well, Joey. Thank you. All right, big thanks to Joey, man. That guy's that guy's the electric factory. He's awesome. No, I, I love talking to him. Uh, can't wait to see what his thoughts are on the KBO once that starts up again and continuing to follow the CPBL. Yeah, I hope we can find an online stream for the KBO. Um, so that well, I think way, ESPN might be doing some some streams for that. I saw, that would be that'd be electric. Yeah. I saw however, that. however, Sportscaster and ESPN do not get along. No. Um, so uh, <laughs> maybe we can find an online stream for it and we can go live with it and uh, you know really uh, introduce the world, introduce the American uh, fan base to the KBO because Joey seems like a plethora of knowledge on the KBO. And I really am excited for that. If not, we'll watch CPBL because that's where we're at. Yeah, I mean, nothing changes from our end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, all right, closing note of the day. In an effort to, you know, keep up with the baseball times, I, uh, I went out, I downloaded a Japanese baseball game. Went out and had a little, uh, I don't even know what the, what the word is, but... I downloaded, I think it's called Pro Yaku Yaku Spirits 2019. They have a 2020 update in there. Just because I was, I don't even know. Like I was looking for something else besides the show. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Also, a great way to immerse yourself into the Asian baseball, uh, into the Asian baseball culture, I guess is the right word. Yeah. The only the gameplay is awesome. The gameplay is super super fun. The it's it's in it's graphically, you know, comparable I guess to the show. Probably like a PS3 version of the show would be a good comparison. Okay, so not terrible. Not terrible. Um, but it is really really fun. It's it's a bitch and a half to get your hands on if you're stateside. Pitching controls significantly harder than I thought they'd be. Hitting controls significantly easier than I thought they'd be. Hmm. Um, I think I actually like the hitting controls for, they call it PYS, is, is what the cool kids call it. Because, um, I, I, <laughs> like, you know how on the show you have the PCI, like the, the indicator, and you got to move it around? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't either. In, uh, in PYS, you just have, it literally is your bat, and you have to move it to the pitch and it kind of gives you like a slight indication indication of where the pitch is coming and you just got to move it and be on time it's so much smoother yeah i like that more yeah and, and there's still your contact your power swing i was i was a big fan of it yeah i mean i probably won't go through the effort of getting it just because i don't blame when you, you were texting me it sounded like way too much of an ordeal for me to dedicate that much time to i had to make a japanese ps4 account <laughs> i had to buy yen i had to get a get the google translate app and figure out what exactly i'm looking at on screen it was it was a process to say the least so you are the breakdowns resident ambassador to japanese baseball I would say so. It's it is. I will say it's licensed for the for the Nippon Professional League. Uh, so you have the Rakuten Eagles, which obviously the team. Um, but you have like Joey was talking about the uh, the the Nippon Fighters. I think they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you have all the licensed teams and licensed players, including Jabari Blash, who's on the Rackinson Eagles, absolutely overpowered. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. It's interesting. I'll check out some... Uh, I will watch some clips to see if it's Yeah, I'll say, probably check out some clips and see if it's worth... worth it's, not, it's probably not worth your time, but it's, it's, it's definitely worth listening to me talk about. I'll say that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sums it up perfectly. Oh, I love it. All right, any closing thoughts for you? No, but I just cannot wait to see if this new revised plan that Nightingale gave us uh, actually comes to fruition. Because if it does, and baseball can return sooner than later, I will be one very happy man. Likewise. Absolutely likewise. Till then, stay safe, stay healthy, stay gap to gap. We'll see you. I'm a traveling man, made a lot of stops all over the world. And in every port, I own the heart of at least one lovely girl. I have a pretty senorita waiting for me.